0: Hey guys and welcome to part 2 of episode 2 where it's all about the music You'll be hearing our album reviews, we did 2 each this week so it's a big week I did uh, 7 by Lil Nas X, I don't really know why it's called 7 Is that 7 tracks on there? No How many is there? 8 8 tracks, what a troll <laughs> uh, I also did Jesus Said Run It Back by Lord Booty Call Yeah, how you, do how'd you think of those
1: albums as a little preview? Right, I genuinely enjoyed them both? Yes. Both of them, yeah. I did uh, Mac Homie's Wap Conjo. Yep. George And uh, the plugs I met by Benny the Butcher. So I'm looking forward to reviewing them. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, one got, them. One uh, got a higher score than the other, so they're not quite even. <laughs> okay. Um, but they both do uh, poor seven or higher. So oh, nice. They're both quite good. And then after that, we've
0: got um, a rap region. I did Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Be diving into the history of hip-hop in Atlanta You did the Discog Dive Yeah, I did El Sweatshirt
1: this week You've got four albums So I'm going to look through them And I'm going to give you seven songs to uh, to sink your teeth into If you like what you hear (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you already heard of El Sweatshirt But you may not have known some stuff about this And definitely um, his earlier projects Which were right at the start of the 10s Which is nine years ago now Yeah yeah, he's been around for Back a... when he was a little baby, 16 years <laughs> <Yeah>. old.
0: <laughs> and then we've also got um, the... What do we call it? The Rap Song of the Year review. Rap Song of the Year,
1: yeah. So we're reviewing on 1980. 1980. What do we got uh, this week? We got Curtis Blow the Breaks, and what's yep. the other one?
0: And Zulu Nation Throwdown mm. by Africa Bambata, Cosmic Force, and Zulu Nation.
1: Is that it? B- Bambatar or Bambata? How do you say it? I may have said Bambata, but I think it's Bambatar I don't know. Either way, no. but yeah, that's a... He's a legend. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be reviewing him next week as well, actually, so... Yeah. Um, in yeah, two, 1981.
0: Two, yeah, he got uh, two rap song of the years. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yep. All right, so do you want to go first? No, uh, you, you go uh,
1: first on your album.
0: All right. So I'll do... Uh, Jesus Said Run It Back by Lil Booty Call first. Mm-hmm. The track order on Spotify does not correlate at all with the track order on Genius. Like, nothing is in the same order. Okay. So, I'm going to base my review off of the Spotify order, because that's what you hear when you listen to it. Sure. So, going into Little Booty Calls, Jesus Said brunt Back, I expected I expected quite a few memes. Right. You know, his Just name the is name. Little Booty Call. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I expected a kind of like a, a little toenail kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. A little uh, toenail. <laughs> he's a funny legend. Uh, after listening to the first track, Band-Aid, I'm not so sure anymore. There's lines like, Hella cuts and band-aids on my wrist, look at my face. But then he also has meme lines like, I don't need no ass up in my face to see the cake. Right. So, like, uh, he's sending me some, some mixed messages here. Uh, Hate Me is a track about a, a love-hate relationship that he has with a girl. Uh, he actually has a really nice voice. And the production he uses, it's... More often than not A happy guitar melody With trap drums And some pretty loud 808s It's actually a really nice contrast To Like the The deeper sort of stuff That he's talking about Especially with The sort of upbeat voice he has He sounds yeah, a little yeah. bit like Ty Dolla Especially okay. on a song later on I forget which it is But yeah I've written it in here Um So so far He's more not meme Than he is meme Right Uh 777 Has two features on it Kuko and JK West JK West and this apparently surprised a lot of fans as Booty Call doesn't collaborate very often. Okay. This is because other people aren't on the same wavelength, he has said in an interview before. <coughs> he's, he's woke, is he? He he's is. A bit, he's a bit woke. <laughs> um, they're both pretty good. I, I prefer Kuko. Like he had the chorus and he'd, yeah, he sounds a lot like uh, Landon Cubay. Mm-hmm. But it was another song about a girl. Uh, 18K, which I'm assuming stands for 18 Carats, has him collaborating with Juicy J, which really surprised me. Okay. If he's a sad boy who doesn't collab much, what's Juicy J doing? What is he doing? (laughs) The same thing he always does. (laughs) Absolute banging tracks. (laughs) It, It sounds the exact same as every other Juicy J song. It's not a bad song, though. Like, it's nothing new. It's just full of flexes. But the beat is guitar and piano with trap drums. And I haven't actually heard a flexing track over a relaxing beat before. Right, it's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a nice sort of mix up. Um, and yeah, like I said, Juicy J is just Juicy Day. <laughs> juicy J. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really change much. Uh, Prescriptions is up next, and that actually features Gold Link. Gold Link, okay. Which is not what I expected, and he killed it. His voice sounded amazing over like, the chill, low key beat, and Booty Call legit sounds like Tied All the Sun on this. So this is the one. That's the one. Where it sounds like it. So I'm going to get it up now. What is it? Prescriptions. And I think he sings first. We'll have a look. But tell me it doesn't sound like uh, Tidal sign. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think Tidal Assign is a little bit deeper and smoother. Mm-hmm. Like, you can sort of tell that that's been
1: auto-tuned. But, yeah, I legit thought like it was another person. Yeah, it does, it does sound um, wild. And I don't know what he's rest of the songs sound like but if you say that that's is that like very different to what he sounded like on the rest or that's just Uh, a better version that's sort
0: of of the more auto-tuned the other stuff is a little bit more cut back and I prefer the other stuff
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah
0: Yeah, he's he's a very good singer very talented that's fair enough that's fair enough and then uh, Mariah is up next and this is just a vibe there's like quite a chopped up trumpet for the melody and the chorus goes pull up in my ride yeah bad girl bumping Mariah which is like in an American accent that rhymes. Yeah. Six 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 is the next track, and it's more guitar, but he's actually really melodic on this one. So far, it's my favorite track. It's basically just saying he hopes he doesn't go to hell when he kills himself. Okay. So definitely not a meme track. The sound like it's pretty. Pretty serious topic. It is pretty serious topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the first track though has, oh sorry, the, this track has the first meme line since the first track though. Uh, keep hating, call it dick Cause bitch it keep on coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like that's wild. So since the first track, this is like the fifth or sixth. That's the first meme line. Right. So it's yeah, a few and far between. Right. Uh, when it gets cold is just booty Call being a sad boy. Uh, he's asking for his dad to call him son. He hates it when he um, he's saying he hates it when he pushes girls away, etc. Um, but there's an instrumental at the end, which has some more guitar and a small trumpet solo, which I did not expect. I Don't Fuck With You is up next. It's called I Don't on Spotify. Uh, it's about how he no longer fucks with a girl. As right. you, you probably had no idea. Like, there's no way you could guess that. <laughs> um, but he's still in love with her. This is pretty similar to a lot of the other tracks here, but I didn't really like his flow as much on the track. Like, on the chorus, he was pausing after saying a few words before starting on the next few words. And I I know that sort of to create tension in the song, which does match the context Mm -hmm. of the song. Yep. But I just didn't really like it as much, just like a personal opinion. It it kind of tended to take me out of the track. Uh, Die No More is the second last track where he says he no longer wants to die. The chorus is just a bunch of like walls, holes, yeahs. There's not really too much content here. But the beat has an electric guitar, like doing that wobble thing on the strings. And that sounds really cool. Uh, The second verse says a lot though. He shares some of his story. And from what I can tell, he lives with his son or daughter and they haven't seen their mum for a while. Mm -hmm. Like whether they've split up and she just doesn't visit her kid or like something similar. He says, when you hear this bitch, don't even tell me you're sorry. I made this show... I made this song to show I don't, I don't need no body. And then on the outro, he just repeats, look in the mirror, that's my dog, Solo, a few times. Uh, solo. The, yep. it's not Solo. <laughs> uh, the last track is just self-titled, Jesus Said Run It Back. and It's a similar sort of sad boy vibe, where he talks about a girl like, never wanting him, uh, breaking his heart, and the flows and melodies in this are okay to good, and the beat's okay. So... Overall, he started out really strong at the start, and I was legit enjoying it, but I think he sort of dropped the ball a little bit on the last three tracks. Um, I was honestly expecting a meme, like Riff Raff, or like Ski Mask even. Sure. But like he was legit, and I honestly enjoyed it. If you're a fan of like Peep, Nothing Nowhere, Smart Death, uh, especially Brennan Savage, you'll love this project. Um, this is definitely my preferred sub-genre, and I know it's... Like a lot of people make it, so it's It's not. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have their own sound. You can easily just go listen to somewhere else. Sure. But, and yeah, most of it is objectively bad. Okay. But sometimes you just like bad music, and yeah, yeah, that's okay. But yeah, so this is like my preferred subgenre. Um, and yeah, personally, I couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, Although, if you are looking at it objectively, yeah, it's not the greatest album. It is. Very repetitive. Um, you can yeah go pretty much anywhere for the same sound. Uh, the beats are obviously bought. But, yeah, personally, I just I like it. And I'm definitely putting him on my radar, and I'll jump onto any future project that he releases. I'm rating it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Which is a mix of being unbiased as well as my personal opinion. And my favorite song is 666. 666. Yeah, with prescriptions at a close second. All
1: right, that's a good... Um... That was a good review. Lil Booty Call. Yeah. He's much better than I expected him to be. He lulled you to into a false (laughs) sense of security there. You thought, oh, I'm coming in with a meme. Mm -mm. But no. Alright, so we got my review of Benny the Butcher. Yep. Sometimes short and just a Benny. Yep. Um, The plugs I met. Um, So from the beginning this album just comes in with the straight bars like obviously that's what you're expecting. Mm. That's what makes up basically this whole album. There's no real slow songs or anything like that and that's basically what makes up Benny's discography. Um, like, he doesn't really try and hide it. He just goes after a lot about drugs and, yeah. and street, street stuff. And although I'm always about the bars, like, it can get tiresome sometimes, like, if you go too hard. Mm. Um, and the first official song on the album um, featured Black Thought, who I think is the greatest writer um, in hip-hop um, history. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest lyricists of all time.
0: He was very talented.
1: Um, I was a bit worried just because he is so lyrical that like, Oh, that he like outshine Benny. They could, yeah, or they could just like fall into like the, um, like the trap of just trying to like keep one upping. Yeah. Like each song had to be better than the last, but it didn't actually happen. And, um, Benny has done this before. Like he's had some really great features. Um, and featured on a lot of great projects so I knew that although I should be worried about okay this might be a little bit um, too like bar heavy mm. um, I should be um, in for a good ride just because of his track record like I'm yes. not going to discredit him just yet um, and Tana Talk 3 which released last year was one of my favorite albums um, just barely scraped out of the top five so um, going into this album I was very excited and. Really looking forward to what uh, Benny and uh, the, the list of features could bring. So, um, the way I would describe this EP um, would be precise. Benny doesn't waste anything on this album. Every syllable, every word, every feature, perfect. Every beat was meant for Benny and every um, beat Benny uh, meticulously selected and he kills it over every single one. Okay. Um, and it's only about 24 minutes, 25 minutes, so... It's really short. It gets to the point, um, and he didn't phone anything in and let, um, or let the features sort of phone it in. Like he wanted, like a hundred percent of like your um, effort, and he just sort of it really like punches through the like the beat, and like he commands the stage even cool. with like the other features, like Black Black Thought, uh, Jadakiss is on here, uh, Conway the Machines on here. So yep. um, every song on here has a purpose, and it it uh it's very self aware so it's uh evident that he knows what this album's about drug mm. dealing um even the cover art depicts two men with like um with their faces like censored with like a bar across them oh, so yeah. it's sort of like they're meant to be like mobsters or gangsters yeah. i think it is from a movie but i'm not actually sure which movie it is but um the intro track is just like a spoken word thing where a guy's saying um someone put blood on a knife and froze it and then a wolf started licking it, but then when the the wolf got to the the, the knife, it was cutting itself and killing itself, which is like Ooh. a reference to people um, introducing drugs into black neighborhoods. Like, do you blame the people that gave them the drugs, or do you blame them for using oh, yeah. the drugs? Um, so it's sort of like it's like a okay. metaphor. That's pretty cool. I like um, that. Yeah. So it just sort of starts like that, and obviously, Who do you blame? pardon. Who do you blame? Um. I think either way, like I don't think there's someone to blame. I think it's just like an environment. Uh, well, yeah, I, I suppose I agree. Like, both things are bad. Yeah, because like you can't blame, like, it's hard to blame the people that put it there. Because like, people put like guns in the wall, but like we yeah. don't use them. Yeah. And then some people do, but then you could blame them because if you don't give them that, then they don't do it. Yeah. That sort of thing. So.
0: But then the people still have a choice whether to use it or not. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's hard to do. And then obviously you got Conway, Griselda, the, a few of the Griselda boys. Push a T on here, so obviously it's going to be a lot of drugs. And the mm. majority of this album just like makes you bob your head. You just sort of like, yep, yeah, th- this is hard. Stank face, you know. Yeah. Um, Westside Gun wasn't actually on this um, album, which was okay. which is odd to me. But yeah. Conway the Machine, like I said, uh, Westside Gun's brother was on this. Um. Mm. album and he's definitely gone for quantity over quality which um, which I wrote in here West Side Gun sort of does the opposite of he goes for quality um, he goes for quantity rather but it's also really good yeah like he's released like like four albums since Supreme Blind Tell which I put in okay. as my number three or four album last yeah. year so and like all of those could like come in as like <laughs> um, in that top ten area so I don't know, this album is really short, um, really uh, precise, like I said before, and super digestible, so um, I really liked it, and even though the features were really good, like I said before, I think um, Benny really commanded the track, and his voice is really um, solid, and it really cuts through, like, Jadakiss has a very, um, like, recognizable voice, that really raspy New York um, style, and same with Pusha T, very recognizable, but Benny really comes through, and... um, like, sort of puts his own influence on the track. And I really liked how um, on he didn't shy away from the legends. Like, Black Thor, obviously, from the roots, um, Philadelphia legends. Uh, Benny even talks about Philadelphia and talks about how he's sort of, like, not the king of Philadelphia, but, like, he can just go there um, whenever he wants just because of how he is. And same with um, Pusha T. He talked about Virginia, where he's from, and that's actually his wife's name too. So he sort of didn't shy away from, like, going and sort of like partnering up with these rappers that he's on, mm. um, the songs, which, which I really thought. And um, the first official track just, so there was a skit and then the first track just really cemented the legacy of Black Thought for me. This isn't a Black Thought review, but I really loved his um, his verse and Benny really killed it too. I think this is the only feature where he sort of got outshone. Um, and yeah, he just... Raps about lyrical miracles and vocab busting lines like there's words that like you'd never heard in a rap song. So I have some okay. um, here. So trying not to be the food in the mouth of the beast for who the bell tolls. Oh, crown kings in added in, crown kings in added suits and shell toes. We had to throw a lot of body blows and elbows, wishing we could get from Snyder Ave to Melrose without the Dapper Dan body bags and jail clothes. Oh. The and first then, line turned like it was Shakespeare. <laughs> and then the the second one, whack, this is the hardest bar on the whole album. Okay. Um, triumph and tragedy, his majesty muscle never atrophied. The Oof. devil is a casualty, sucker, you're never catching me. Oh, that's fire. I can't, I'm speechless. That's the dope. Triumph and tragedy, his majesty muscle never atrophied. Yeah, that's awesome. That's hard. The devil is a casualty, that's, sucker, yeah. you're never catching me. That's hard. Bad. Rate the bars. I give that a ten. Mate, yeah, definitely, showed. yeah, yeah. I think they <laughs> rated
0: out of five, but
1: yeah, but you can go as high as you want. I've seen okay. some tens. I've seen oh, some ten bars. Forty-three,
0: then I'm rating it. Forty-three on that one. Yeah, yeah forty-three out of nineteen. That's
1: my score. Mate, that <laughs> is a hard bar, and like <laughs> that is. that's just like one that I've picked out. Like you could just go through. Every oh, So that single wasn't song. your like opinion of the hardest. No, bar. well, I think that's the hardest, but like okay. you could but go out and all pick. all like that. Yeah, you could go out wow. and pick like a ton. That's and impressive. Yeah. So I didn't really talk about this album too much. I just really talked about like the like the vibe of this album and yeah. how we set it up. But I think that Benny, because it's so short, I don't have much to break down as well. But mm. Benny really goes in. And if you've heard Benny, if you've heard um, Westside Gun and um, Conway the Machine, they're all related, I believe. I know Conway and Gunn are brothers. And I think Benny is cousins or something like that, nephews or something. Are the Migos? Pardon? Are they the Migos? The yeah, <laughs> basically. But uh, yeah, you know what they're about. They're from um, New York and like they're really grimy street stuff. And Mac Homie, who I'm going to review later, actually um, is sort of in that same realm, a little bit more um, yeah. experimental than these guys. But yeah, this is just really hard bars. And um, I can't really give this album too much justice, like the way I want to say bars, because there's only a certain amount of bars you can tolerate and bars can only get you so far. Like a yeah. whole bar album probably isn't going to get a 10. Yeah. Like you need a little bit of depth, which I think this album is lacking um, in that sense. But if you just want to listen to it for bars or if you just want to pick off like three or four songs out of like the eight or nine, I think there is, hmm. um, definitely to come through. And like the production is on point. The the tonal delivery and the cadence and the features are perfect. I love the Kiss feature. I love the black... Uh, Black Thought feature Um, Conway the Machine was really good Um, overall a really great album but like I said lacking depth and once you listen maybe three four times if you're not into the bars uh, because bars can be hit or miss I think with people like if you don't like street bars like you probably Mm -hmm. won't like this album and I think that if you can break through that barrier um, it's definitely worth it because it's all killer no filler You're going to listen to the whole thing front to back every time, um, 24 minutes, easy to listen to, Um, and it'll be rewarding for the listeners just because when you hear it for the fifth time, you're going to pick up things that you didn't hear the first time. Like I'm going to review Bandana by uh, Mad Gibbs, Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs next week, and I actually heard a line that I didn't even hear the first three times I listened to it, (laughs) and I was just like, "Whoa!" I'm mentioning that on the show. Like That line is a hard line. And There's sometimes like it. Yeah. one line hits, and you're just spending like the next couple of lines going, "Oh, yeah." So then you miss the next couple of lines. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you're really into like bars, like sort of like Eminem, Royster da 5'9, mm. um, obviously Benny, and I um, mean yeah. Conway and Westside Gun and Mac Homie or Sweatshirt guys like that, you'll definitely like this album. Um I think even if you don't like that sort of stuff, I think give this a chance because you'll you'll most likely. Um, Really enjoy it, but there's there's moments on this where you'll be like, oh my god, like he just said that, or like <laughs> how did he bend that word into that? And yeah, um, yeah, really good. I'm giving it a seven out of ten just because um, it's not really um, all, all that deep, there. and something that I probably won't um, come back to. Yeah, won't have it on my. No, I'll come back to it, but I won't have it on my end of year list. Oh um, yeah, like yeah. I had Tanner Talk Three, that made my top ten, but we only did top five on the show. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit longer than this. This one is quite short, and it had a little bit more depth. But really great album. Seven out of ten. Um, definitely check it out. Give it a few listens, and if not, then it might not be for you anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that. You want to get onto your next review? Yeah, I'll yeah, do um seven. I wish that did have, um,
0: Westside Gun though. Yeah. He's, or if uh, Benny had, Conway and Westside on the same track. Yeah, that that's, would be awesome that's a hard
1: that, that would be a
0: hard track right yeah. there because I think out of the three of them Westside has some of the best like ad-libs like the doot 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 do.
1: yeah they, they're low, still in there which is, which is really good but yeah the 18 Wheeler with Pusha T is uh, really good Sunday School hmm. uh, Dirty Harry there's seven songs on this one yeah but so my favourite
0: sorry
1: was that an EP or an album this was an EP I think let me look I, I still got that picture I think it was as well because I know we did one of each but I can't remember which one yeah we each did
0: one album and one EP
1: Uh, let me go find that oh wait it'll be in the next one Uh, yeah so that was an EP but the other one's even shorter so I don't know how that one could come out with with an EP as well yeah but my favourite song is actually the last one uh, which is 5 to 50 so check that one out Um, but like I said before except for the intro which is a skit anyway there's Mm -hmm. only 6 songs and any one of them could be on the top um, for me so okay, definitely a really good album but lacking some depth and lacking some um, connectivity because not everyone yeah. can relate to that yeah um, and not everyone's like a bard nerd like, like we are so <laughs> go out and that's have fair, a listen and um, yeah let us know what you think on the socials All
0: right, I like it alright so jumping on to uh, Seven by Lil Nas X so You May Remember Him from chart-topping hits such as "Old Town Road" and "Old Town Road Remix,"
1: he had a few "Old Town Road" remixes, wasn't there? I think wasn't so. There? Yeah, like, the one there was definitely the one with Billy Ray, obviously. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I feel like there was um, other ones too.
0: I think Billy Ray was the best. I think that's better than the original.
1: Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, um, man, like a rock star, Is that what he was <laughs> a brand
0: new guitar. <laughs> <laughs> But I've never liked a country song more than that track. That's absolutely banging. That is, that is peak. <laughs> so uh, Old Town Road had the catchiest melody of the last couple of years. At this point, it's not even an earworm, it's an ear tick. It just buries its way down and latches on whether you want it to or not. As he was coming out with this album, he was facing criticisms such as, you know, he's just a one-hit wonder, he won't be able to do that again, etc., etc. And he's come forward with Seven. It's an 8-track EP with Old Town Road Remix at the beginning and the original at the end, bookending the project. I would say that the main theme of the project is the hate that he gets. Uh, People liked him when he was small, but now that he has worldwide recognition, not so much. He even has a track, Bring You Down, from the perspective of the haters, with the chorus repeating, I don't know what's going to bring you down, I don't know, but I'm going to bring you down. And I'm going to get the lyrics up for that as well, because I didn't write it in, but I've been listening to that song a lot more. And um, the second verse uh, goes even further into like the perspective of the haters. So the second verse, he goes, I dug up your past and now I know all of your rules, and I got witnesses' statements and I got all of the proof. I'm wondering about you because I got nothing to do. I noticed you're winning and I got nothing to lose. So that's like from from the perspective of a hater. And, you know, he's trying to bring down Lil nas X. Mm-hmm. Um, the second last track, Closure, has him telling the story of being involved in an abusive relationship, whether that be with a significant other, a parent, sibling, friend, whatever you want. Uh, he repeats, it's always what you like on the chorus, saying like, you know, you never consider me, we just do whatever you want. Uh, with the project being eight tracks long and two of them being Old Town Road versions, that leaves only six tracks remaining. Have a guess at how many genres he's spread out over six tracks.
1: Nine. No, nah, there are six. <laughs> oh, okay. So I he was doing a bit of uh cold <laughs> where he was m- mixing a couple of the Baton. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: like, yeah, every single track has a new genre. Right. So there's alternative rock, pop punk, rap, country rap rock and then a garage/ballad slash ballad kind of blend. Mm-hmm. Um I'll just be talking about the six tracks of as we've all heard Old Town Road remixes an uncountable amount of times. This does mean that sometimes transitioning from one song to the next can be jarring, but he does do a good job of making it as smooth as he can. And I think this project is basically him saying I'm not a one-hit wonder. Look, I can do this, yeah. and this, and this. Yeah, I see that. And yeah, he just goes on and on. And I honestly like almost every single track. Family, uh, the A is spelt with a 9, I don't know why, uh, is the pomp, is pop-punk track. It's got Travis Barker on the production. And yeah, it's got a very vibe, very uh, punk vibe on the beat. Uh, Nas X does a wonderful job creating a melody over the top of it. Like, if you told me I found this punk singer and you showed me this track, I'd believe that that's all he does. Right. But the fact that he started country and has turned to this so effortlessly is really impressive. Uh, There's also, like, a whistling in the outro, which I think is a really smart touch. Like, it it creates this want to whistle along, and then it's in your head. Right. Uh, Panini as well, that's the second track. So, like, going... Just say we're ignoring the Old Ten Road remixes. It's the first one. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, incredibly catchy. At first, I didn't really like it. I'll talk about it later on, I think, but I'm going to mention it now. Um, It does have a few weak lyrics in there, but honestly, after a few times of listening, you sort of just forget about that and just sing along to the catchiness of it. Mm -hmm. That's also got Whistling in there, which just embeds the melody into your mind. And he tweeted a thing as well, um, me making Panini two minutes long to increase streams. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's such a meme, but he does he takes what he does so seriously yeah he knows and what he's doing does it thing. so well yeah. yeah it's like Lil Pump but serious yeah um and Rodeo is the country track Cardi B jumped on that I don't know why she didn't choose the rap song to jump on I don't know why wasn't there was wasn't a there a bit line. of a
1: controversy with Cardi B and going on uh, maybe Nas Lil Nas X because apparently Lil Nas X used to be a A Nikki Stan or whatever.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't hear about that.
1: about that. And then he had, like, Islamophobic tweets or something. And then he was, like, getting into trouble um, over that. Okay. Because he was tweeting out things like... I don't know the exact tweet, but it was something along the lines of... um, Like, there's... Like, don't act like there's not a correlation between Islam and violence or something like that. Like he said something along those okay. lines, and then they got dug up, and yeah, it was apparently from a Nicki Minaj Stan account. Oh, okay. And then it caused um, a lot of a uh, infighting between yeah, okay. Nicki Stans and Nas X fans. <laughs> does, does he have Stans? Probably.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Well, yeah, that's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah. But, um,. Yeah, so that that song uh, "Rodeo" had Cardi on it. Um, the verses of "Rodeo" are awesome. They both start out with, um, "If I talk you, if you, uh, if I took you everywhere, then well, you wouldn't know how to walk. If I spoke on your behalf, then well, you wouldn't know how to talk." Which is just cold. Uh, Cardi didn't actually kill the track, which I expected her to do. She definitely made it worse, but she didn't kill it. Uh, Since writing this as well, I have grown to like her verse a bit more. Right. It's still bad, but I'll rap along with it. Um, She tried her hand at rapping with a country twang and it sounded so bad in her, like, Bronx accent because it's so strong. Right. Um, But I really did like the line, can't be no neighbour's ex, I can only be his widow. That's pretty, that's cold. That is cold. Uh, And that track also had a bloody saxophone in the outro saxophone like a country song with Cardi B had an outro with a saxophone on it that is just not what I expected at all but somehow it it bloody worked there you go Uh, Bring You Down which I mentioned earlier had a killer bass line all throughout the track Uh, his melodies were the same as the uh, as the bass line and it had a super energetic electric guitar solo that sounded fucking amazing and that was in like the same melody as well the chorus is a little bit repetitive, but I just do not care at this point. This track is a certified banger. Uh, for the last couple of drives I've been on, no matter what the length is, I'm just replaying the song over and over again. Right. As soon as it ends, I'm going back to it. It's only two minutes long, so I'm listening to it a lot. But it's so I'm going to play the uh, bass line so you can hear just how like catchy it is. And then I'm going to skip forward to the, um, to the guitar solo so you can hear how awesome that is. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty catchy. And that's not sampled. He like made that as well. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah, so I'll I'll cut here and skip forward to the electric guitar solo. Alright, one thing I really like about this too is coming up to the electric guitar solo, you kind of hear like a backwards open hat, like on like sort of halfway through the last line of the chorus. Right. So it kind of goes like and then the beat stops and then the electric guitar comes in and it is so energetic. Yeah, that's pretty flying. Yeah. Like, this man does country. Yeah. And, like, about 12 other genres. So, that is just so... I, I love that track so much. Easily my favourite one. Um, the tracks I weren't sold on, though, were uh, Panini. That's named after the character from Chowder, not the bread. Okay. Uh, it's about someone sort of, like, smuggling him. or not... I wrote smuggling. What's it called when you're... Smothering, that one. <laughs> Uh, and like dragging him down, holding him back from from the success that he's trying to chase. Right, right, right. Uh, It's got a pretty good melody. It's very catchy, like I said. There are a few things that made it not as good as the other tracks. Like in the chorus, he says, Panini, don't you be a meanie. But earlier I said, I don't even care about that anymore just because of how catchy it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Overall, it's not a very energetic track, so I would just rather listen to the other ones, but it is still good. Uh, Kick it. I wasn't a huge fan of. It, that's just the the sold rap track. It's pretty much just about him selling weed and hanging out. Yep. Uh, but the track closure, I did not like. I liked what he was saying and how he was saying it, but the beat was just too distracting. The track itself is about being in an abusive relationship, which I mentioned earlier, and just yeah, sort of trying to get out of that. But the beat, it's it's so distracting. I feel so old saying this, but it's too fast. Like, I'm going to play it a little bit of it as well and try to tell me that this wouldn't sound better if it was slowed down. So this is, this is the um, ballad-slash-garage track. Like, it's not bad. Probably a little bit too fast. But then when he comes in and says what he's saying, it's definitely too fast. Yeah, I think it still works. It does work, but I think it would be way better slowed down. Yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, that, that's just my personal opinion, and that definitely took me away from the song. I'll Once he starts singing, I don't notice the beat as much, yeah. but most of the time I'll skip that song. Um, overall, it is a legitimately good project. I went into both of my albums this week expecting to be memed, but I genuinely like both of them. Uh, Lil Nas X surprised me with this and I'm really looking forward to any future projects he might be bringing out yep. and yeah like I said it definitely you can tell he's just sort of showing the diversity that he has and he's not just a one hit wonder that can do country slash rap you know, he, he can do everything so I'm really looking forward to see seeing which way he goes with it like yep. what he wants to do and I honestly would prefer it if Post Malone went this way mm-hmm. okay so you're saying Post Malone Less than Lil Nas X Yep I, to, yeah. I, I okay. think Post Malone and Lil Nas X Need to jump on a song together you That reckon? would be lit. Surely that's gonna happen most
1: <laughs> I, <like. laughs> I hope so I know Post Malone does like Old Town Road Post Malone and Young Thug Have a song coming out soon They do Next week I think actually
0: Yeah I'm keen for that I, I don't know what it'll sound like But I am keen to hear it Yeah but yeah, I, so I legitimately like this. I didn't expect it to, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he chooses to do in the future. My favorite song is Bring You Down, and I'm rating it an 8 out of
1: 10. An 8 out of 10 for Old Town uh, Road Boy. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely not what I expected to be rating it. There you go. So you gave a combined score of 15 today. Is yes. 7 and an 8? Yep. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, so 7 and a half. So 15 and a half. and a half? Yeah. Oh, 15 and a half. There you go. Alright, well I got WapCon Joe. Yep. Which I found out Mark homie is from um, Haiti. Okay. So well he's Haiti American, so I don't know where he's actually born. Um and it stand it means like you will feel or you will know. And Joj oh, okay. is, I believe, Haitian for George. And there was a hurricane called Hurricane Ooh. George, which Wiped out Yeah a, a major part of Haiti um, and Back it, in 2001 Yeah it, it affected that area For a long time yeah. as well So you will know George Which eventually Turned into like a Like a uh, Like a saying Which was like You'll get the consequences For your actions Okay So Nick, that's basically What that's um, referring to
0: I like that Nick has a saying Similar to that And it's just The clan will bite back
1: The clan will bite back Yeah
0: so if you like, being a jackass, karma will come back around. Like, right.
1: y- you'll feel what's coming. Right. Kind of thing. So just or tell them, like... "Wap uh, Wapcon Joge. Yeah. Tell them that. <laughs> so Mac homie comes back with some heat. Something that I always expected. Uh, Mac is one of my favourite artists right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe still no one has seen what he looks like. He always wears that bandana across his face. Oh, okay. Um... I believe he's still anonymous. Even on this album artwork, it's like a painting and the painting has the bandana.
0: That's pretty cool. I'm uh, going to give him a
1: quick Google now to see if there are any yeah. pictures. But I like it when artists do that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And this album really solidifies like him being like one of my favorites and him being at the top of the rap game right now even though he's like not known at all. Oh, there's one of him. What is it? Is that him though? Like That might not even be him. Like That could be a... Does that look like him? Like, if you go to, like, a photo with him with the bandana, does it look like him? But that's just Elle's sweatshirt, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Like, that. That doesn't look like the guy from before, though. Does it, you reckon? It looks like him. Potentially. Maybe that's him. I don't know. Either way... um, He stays hidden the majority of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um... I think his appeal comes from more of the way he, he carries himself, not the way, not necessarily the way he performs on the mic. Um, I think he's actually quite average in terms of his bars. Um, but the mood and the tone that he comes with is, is exceptional, and the way he gets the listeners to enjoy his music is much greater than I can rap fast or I can rap catchy, something like that. Yeah. So I really think um, they're sort of laid back um, but still commanding um, attitude and the feel that he has, um, really elevates him in terms of like, if someone can rap really well, like they don't really have to show it off. Like it yeah. just sort of comes through. Yeah. That's fair. Right. Um, they where, don't like, have to try to show Yeah. Someone's so like trying really hard to rap. Sometimes it comes off as yeah, like not all that good. And well, this person's going to come
0: up, uh, in on Friday's episode. Yeah. Uh, but that's what, um, do you know Tom McDonald? No. Oh, I think I've heard of him. He's like that. Oh, I'm pretty much just a meme rapper. Yeah, but he's main, like a, a yeah, knockoff yeah. joiner Lucas. Yeah,
1: and that, I think that's even, what he does. Yeah, and, um, like guys like Hobson and stuff like yeah, that. I think yeah, yeah, Mac Lethal. Yeah, I think they're trying a bit too hard. But yeah, I agree. Um, like, it doesn't feel like he fades away. Like he's just like sort of always on. Like he's just sort of like just constant, and yeah. he's just like pounding away behind the beat. And um, I really like the like the style of just like not letting up. Um, and his voice does sound like drowned out behind the vocals like a lot of some of this avant-garde mm. sort of jazz rap sort of stuff does sound because they're sort of trying to bury themselves they're trying to trying to
0: um, like hide yeah and
1: yeah. I think that the way that he does this is really well uh, is really good because um, that way he's just taking away from from himself he's like further borrowing into himself yeah. like withdrawing from the beat I think that this album, um, is really in particular is a masterclass on charisma um, mm-hmm. versus content. Like he isn't trying too hard. Um, like I said, he's understated, but you can still tell that he's a great rapper. Yeah. Um. He can. He conducts himself. Um. Like he. Who he already is the greatest, or that he will be the greatest. Um. People like I said before, people that try half as hard, uh, twice as hard, don't put out double the output he does. They might yeah. even put in like half of it. Um. Which I think is really cool, and um, Earl Sweatshirt actually said this, of Vince Staples, that he says the most amount of things in the least amount of time, but I think um, if he did that, if he sort of um, took that back now, I think his good friend Mac Homie, who is actually, uh, Earl's on this album too, I think he would say that about him. Like, it's just sort of like a constant droning, like not letting up, like I said before, but um, the tone of this album is something that I really enjoy. Like I said before, the avant-garde production with the jazz heavy um, influences is really nice. Um, and a lot of what this movement's going for, like guys like uh, Navy Blue, Medhane, Fahim, or Sweatshirt, Mike. Um, I think they're really in it for the artistic approach rather yeah. than the money. And I think they're sort of trying to put a culture in place for the youth to sort of enjoy music that isn't like selling your soul or stuff like that like they um they know they aren't going to make the money but they want to be recognized as greats. and I think that's something that a lot of artists sort of are shying away from because in today's society money is looked at so um like it's so coveted like if you don't have money what are you really doing but I think these guys are really moving away from that and they're aiming at leaving behind a, a legacy rather than leaving behind money. I like that. Um, I think Mac um, doesn't try and pander to fans on this one or the media. He's just straight up putting an album out that he really enjoys himself and something that his peers will um, really enjoy and sort of feed off. Like, Mm. now Medhane might come in or Navy Blue, uh, Fahim the God, who's also on this album. They might come together and create something even bigger and better. Okay. which I, I prefer this lasting impact on the game rather than yeah. um, like Flash in the Pan albums, which is why some of the greatest albums of all time, like The Money Store by um, Death Grips, yeah. it's like no one knows it, but it's like one of the best albums of all Like it's experimental. It's not yeah. um, for everyone. Um, and I think that that's what this album is going for. But And I don't even think that this album um, is his best. I think HBO, um, Haitian Body Odour, which is what it stood for. Um, (laughs) I think that was better, but this is still up there. And one issue with his music is that it's not on streaming. uh, Barely any of it, um, in fact. So this one's on streaming, so I hope it it carries on that way. But if you want to listen to more Earl, you're going to have to go um, searching up Earl. If you want (laughs) to listen to Mac, you're going to have to um, sort of like... You're going to have to dig for it, I guess. Um, Okay, so just like other leaks on YouTube or... No, it's not leaked. Like it's just on like SoundCloud and like okay. Bandcamp and all that. So it's not on like your normal stuff. Bandcamp, or a classic! Probably, you could probably can look it up on YouTube. Um, and much like Mike's and Earl's previous work, and I'm gonna yeah. speak about Earl later, um, it's very drowsy and disty, uh, disty, distant, <laughs> um, which I'm a really big fan of. Uh, it mainly puts the responsibility on the listener. Like you have to actually pay attention. Yeah. You can't just um, passively listen and. Um, chuck it on And have fun with it You sort of have to Listen to it Which I think Has it's place in music yeah. um, Both styles But in terms of Creating something That is like Artistically valued Like something That takes longer And is more Thought out Is definitely Going to be more um, Valuable And more um, Critically acclaimed Than something that's not Yeah uh, I really enjoyed The features on here Earl was actually Pretty mid I didn't really like His feature too much okay. But uh Quill Chris Chris Fahim the God and your favorite, I forget what his name is, your favorite pet or your favorite teacher, um, okay. Droog, um, were all really good on this thing and uh, I really enjoyed them together. Obviously, he chose artists that are similar, in a similar lane to him. Yeah. Um, he didn't just go get like Chris Brown or <laughs> um, Offset or something like that. So um, it all feels cohesive and it really adds the replayability because one song doesn't yeah. stand out and one song just doesn't... Um, sort of kill the mood altogether. Uh, Like I said before, um, Mac is just not known at all. When I went on to Genius to look up lyrics, he just, it it came up with this album. So I clicked on the album. It had all the songs and I went to click on the song and it just said error. (laughs) And then when I went back, it just went all the way back to like, Not even his page. Like, he just went to the Genius homepage. (laughs) I typed it in again. I was like, oh, maybe it was just a glitch. Did it for every song. None of the songs showed up.
0: Okay. So you can't even find it. it's not even, like, it says missing lyrics. Like, it just hasn't even been made yet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I honestly have no idea what's going on with this album. And I said this last time when I did um, Wide Birth, which was a collab between Fahim the God and... Mm. Uh, Mac Homie, they didn't have their lyrics on there either like that one had lyrics but they were missing like big chunks it was only like um, yeah. slight little bits but yeah it's um, it's a bit odd not being able to find them since he's like such a great rapper but um, I did find some bars like I obviously listened to some bars yeah. so I, I wrote them down or I remembered them um, so there were some bars that were obviously aimed at former Griselda label mates if anyone doesn't know Mac Homie used to be a part of Griselda Records Um, and then he left on sort of rocky terms, um, he sort of was in a feud with West Side Gun, um, and people believe that Benny the Butcher actually replaced him, because Benny wasn't on it, um, before Mac left, so some people say that, so, um, we get lyrics like play stupid games, win stupid prizes, (laughs) Um, which is sort of like like a little reference, which he repeats a bunch on this, on the track Mozambique Drill, um, which has a really good feature from Chris, uh, from Fahim the God rather. And, um, a really great track, that one, that one's the second track of the album, I believe. And, um, Fahim the God also, um, is not a big fan of the Griselda records either. And, um, he does other jabs later on when he says, um... Some people choose what they think over what's right and that don't fly. Some people choose what they feel over what's real and that's not right. Oh, I um, like that a lot. Little bars, little jabs here and there. But that's about the extent of the, the, the hatred having, bef- yeah. um, between them. But I do know Westside Gun has put an, a, a diss track out against um, Mac. And I know Fahim the God has put out a diss track against Westside Gun as well. So a little bit of hatred going on there. But... Mm. My favorite song on the album is Simbi. It really comes all together on that one. Uh, It really highlights the tape for me. Like it sort of brings all the elements finally together. Like you get the good beat, you get the good um, sort of chorus and the verses on here are really good. Um, It starts with a really cool skit at the beginning. Uh, He says like, how long do you think it takes to become famous? And he's like, well, what do you mean famous? And then he's like, just famous. And he's like, four years. And he's like, six years to get rich. And then, he's, and then he's talking about like, well, when you become famous, you have to dress a certain way and you have mm. to hang with the right people. And I think that was really cool because uh, I don't think, uh, Mack Homie is any of that. I think he's been rapping for longer than four years Yeah. and he's not famous and he doesn't dress a certain way. And like, you don't even know what he looks like really, um, comes in over a really smooth instrumental and his bars are really nice on this one. Um, overall I think this is just a masterclass of how to pack an album full of unique um soulful and thoughtful um lyrics bars and just the whole package is really good on this one um and definitely has a tremendous appeal if you like the avant-garde experimental music a la Earl Sweatshirt even though this guy sort of uh preceded him um what's the one before it anti
0: just came before
1: Earl yeah um (laughs) And, yeah, don't expect to get all of this on your first listen. Like, you're not going to pick up everything because it is so packed. But um, something that I think will be um, in my top ten list, I believe, unless something else comes out. Um, But like I said, this isn't even his best album. Um, So you've got a lot to break down if you want to listen to this one, and you've got a lot to unpack if you're going to go back through his discography. And I really hope that, like I said before, um, he's finally releasing albums. Um, onto Spotify and onto streaming because he hasn't um, very consistently in the past like some have, some haven't so yeah. hopefully this is a way to get everything on and we've just seen um, Chance the Rapper put a lot of his yeah. old projects on so maybe we can get some from Mac but great album to listen to my favourite tracks were Simbi, Idiot Boy and <laughs> Mozambique Drill it's an 8.5 out of 10 for me
0: Wait, nice, I like that so well, what did you rate the first one? Seven. Tony Butcher, seven. So, 15.52, mate. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, you want to move on to the, the rap song of the year? Yep. Let's do it. So, we got this week. We have uh, Zulu Nation Throwdown by yep. Africa, Bambata, and The Boys. Yep. Uh, and I think there's some girls in there, actually, too. Um, and The Breaks oh, by man. Curtis Blow. Which one do you want to start with?
0: Oh, do you want to do The Breaks first? Okay. Go for it. All right. Um. So the first rap single
1: to be certified gold. Yep, this one was the first. Um, first of a lot of things, actually. I wrote yeah. in here. Um, what? What did I write? He was the first to sign to a record label, hip hop artist. Mm. He was. What else did I have? Um, he made the first ever album, hip hop okay. album. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, and he was the first rapper to be managed by Russell Simmons, who oh, yeah. went on to co-found Def Jam Records. Yeah. Worked with Jay Z, Kanye West, Rihanna, Justin Bieber. Oh, that's pretty cool. So he was like the he's like the OG, rapper. Yeah. <laughs> even though we had Sugar Hill Gang last week, this and, is like the first guy to really yeah, like pop he's it like off. the Kanye West of, of, <laughs> of old the eighties. I think this genre is actually called super old school. I believe. Okay. I think like uh, old, old school like nineties. Yeah, like that onwards. Yeah. Yeah. I gu- so. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I think I read that somewhere that there is a genre like super old school. Okay. So I don't know when that starts, but <laughs> like it definitely has a different sound to like. Yeah. Even like the eighty fives and onwards, I think. Yeah. Like up so. Yeah, really influential guy. Old yeah. blow was. It it took him seven
0: months. To uh, be certified gold Which is actually A fairly long time Like yep. he released it Literally on the first day Of 1980 First Again, of January first. Yep Mate what a beast uh, And yeah It only got It's gold certification In August uh, It was also The second rap single To make it into The top 100
1: There you go
0: peaking it at, at Number 87 Yep uh, It's almost Eight minutes long
1: Yeah I, I said that That was my crazy. first line I said yeah. Like we discussed last week, these songs are long. Yeah. And they could be cut down. (laughs) I don't know why. The producers really were um, letting it fly. Yeah, they were.
0: (laughs) There's like 40 seconds of just beat every now and then. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said
1: too. Like The dead time on this was a bit crazy. But like we said, we're in the infancy of rap and they're sort of progressing Mm. away from disco, sort of like that house type music. Yeah, so So
0: it's weird to have vocals on the track to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. and it's pretty much just about the things that go wrong in life, this yeah, track. the
1: brakes. Yep,
0: the brakes. Sometimes so, the brakes can be a good thing as well. Yep, but... he's got like, uh, if someone... Like, he uses a, a lot of uh, homophones. Yep. Uh, which I think is what they're called. Homophones. Yep. Did I say homophones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, homophones. Uh, like, if someone, you know, catches a tough break.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the brakes on a car. Yeah. Brakes to being a superstar. The brakes and the beat that's playing right yeah. now. And, um... Yeah, just pretty much every single way that The word break can be used He's used it here um, This track is It's got a very groovy beat Yes And obviously being only a year after the first hip-hop song It's still very much about The sort of dancey disco music That would play mm-hmm. At like a, a party uh, it's got a great bass line. I actually really enjoyed that bass It's been sampled over and over again, yeah. uh, including on the Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack.
1: Oh, there you go, mate. Which I thought I was pretty that. cool. I,
0: tr- I tried listening uh, to the song that they sampled in the soundtrack, but it's like 180 songs. So I wasn't going to go through all <laughs> of them trying to find this bass line. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a song that would be good to listen to live. Like, yeah. I, I would go and see a Curtis Blow concert yeah. if he promises to play this.
1: Yeah. And one thing I wrote here, too, is this was the first ever rap song to incorporate a chorus. Yeah. Which is really cool. And, like, that staying, like, that repeated phrase, that's the breaks, mm. the breaks, you know what I mean? So, and I wrote, um, I like to think that Lil Pump uh, studied Curtis Blow when he said Gucci <laughs> Game. Because I believe Curtis used the words the breaks. Well, not him. I think it was the backing. Um, yeah. I think it was like eighty-five times or something. Oh, okay. So how many times was Gucci Gang said? Oh, Probably more than yeah, that. Yeah, more I think. than that. <laughs> I, I like to think um, Lil Pump is a scholar, and he's he's gone back and he's like, ah, one of the first ever oh, recreated. <laughs> I Like that. Yeah. Um, I actually,
0: I also really liked the, like how he incorporates the audience. So yeah. He goes like, you in the blue, raise your hands. Yeah. Like you in the red dress. Yeah. Do the dance Something like that And Like I really like that And You could listen to this For the first time And join in Yeah Like it's that easy To like catch on to Very catchy Yeah Yeah Yeah, I think it's It's a beautifully crafted track And it's It was definitely meant To help hip hop Break into the mainstream The
1: breaks Yep (laughs) Break into Like that's definitely What I think he's going for And Mm. Something that I um, Picked up on was this is, like, meticulously structured. Yeah. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's putting the chorus in. He's putting, like, that Yeah, Yeah, he's um, done the hard work. Phrase. And last week, I, I think Sugarhill Gang and uh, uh, the Winley sisters, I think that they were more freestyling. Like, they were just, yeah. like, coming off the yeah, top Yeah, which there. I think is what
0: What they would have done because yeah. MCing is that. So they yeah. would have just done that, whereas this is definitely written.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's sort of, like, where we see it, like, this song is infinitely better than the last two last week, yeah. I think. Like, this song is, like, I on agree. another level. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of crazy, like, the evolution was that quick. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that, like, this song had, like, a chorus, because, like, we don't know how far behind we would have been if it just continued to just be freestyling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, someone would have eventually come up with choruses, because, yeah, like... Yeah, but we
0: could still be in, like, 98 of yeah. hip-hop. Right yeah, exactly. Now. Like,
1: yeah. the... Choruses obviously were around from like pop music yeah, and yeah. sort of stuff like that, but like we didn't have it in hip hop because like that is sort of incorporating like pop, mm. which I think hip hop was trying to move away from, but yeah, it gave us like a structure. And now songs without choruses, like there's it can go two ways it's really good because it's like a solid verse, yeah, like people sort of come in like you know, like the bars,
0: yeah,
1: or it just doesn't chart, mm. like charting rap songs. There's basically none that don't have a chorus. Yeah. Which, obviously, charting doesn't correlate to success, but, like, you can either go two ways. It's a pretty big part of it, yeah. Yeah, so um, I really enjoyed this one, and um, do you want to move on to Zulu Nation? Yeah, I'll move on to Zulu Nation. All right. Which I think was my favourite out of the
0: two, Zulu Nation. You think so? Yeah, Zulu Nation Throwdown. Even the name, I like that. That is a cool name, I will admit that. Throwdown, that's lit. No,
1: I like the Zulu Nation part. I just (laughs) like the word Zulu.
0: Yeah, that is very good. And cool. my favorite
1: song of the year so far, Zulu Screams.
0: Yep. <laughs> by uh, Gold
1: link. But um, this song also is just like a very advanced form of what we reviewed mm. last week. Like this one, again, is still miles better than both. Yeah. Um, Africa Ben very um, talented producer. Yeah.
0: If you um, don't believe in evolution, listen to the Sugar Hill Gang and then this. Yeah, it happened exactly. in a year. Evolution is real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually think that this is weaker Okay Than uh, The Breaks I think The Breaks Sort of I Both, think... both All right, In terms of influence I think uh, The Breaks was much more influential yeah, yeah. And I just think that That one Like you said before It just like got into the mainstream A lot faster And I think that Without The Breaks um, I don't Every, every single time anywhere... you
0: say The Breaks I'm hearing it like That's The Breaks Yeah exactly It's so um, catchy
1: Like I think that that sort of started like a movement almost. Yeah. Towards a much more mainstream hip hop, and then hip hop moved away from the mainstream, and then it's really coming back now. But um, I think in terms of beat, I think that this is far better. I actually like this beat better than the breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the break in between, like the talk, like the rapping, is quite boring because this one still has that again. Um. But, like, I just don't think that this one had the catch... Like, the catchiness factor. That's fair, that's fair, yeah. Um, which is the one thing that I um, rated these on, because I'm not going to rate these on bars, because they didn't have bars back then. Yeah. So, I'm sort of rating these on how much I enjoy them.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think that's a good idea.
1: And I still think that Curtis Blow was good. This one is still really good, and I think Africa Band Guitar really progressed uh, the genre in terms of being a producer. Yeah. Um, especially in the 80s, he's like... Um, like I said, we're going to talk about him next week again, which is mm. ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I really like the, the chorus of this one, um, a lot as well. Like I think the Zulu nation throwdown sort of like the chanting that they do, yeah. I think is really cool. But yeah, like I said, the breaks, I prefer that, um, just because of the influence, I think that, yeah. um, yeah, Shay I also that. put that. Uh, the breaks was number one. He put that as number okay. one. So the the counter pick was Zulu Nation. So do you have anything else to say? Because you did say it was your favorite. So
0: yeah, I've got a fair amount to You've say. Got... But I think the comparison between uh the breaks and Zulu Nation Throwdown is the breaks was very consistently good. Yeah. Whereas f- like for me personally, Zulu Nation, the highs of it were really high, but over like the majority of it was a little bit lower than the breaks. Yeah. So, yeah, but what I've got for it is, um, like, it's still very long over, like, a touch over seven minutes, um, but, yeah, the beat for it is way better than the breaks, it is groovy as hell. Yeah. Um, I think the, the
1: beat really sucked me in a lot more than the rapping on this one.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It, like, it was a guitar, but it was, like, pitched up. I don't know if, if pitching up was a thing back then or not, but it sounded almost like a ukulele. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a super catchy beat. I really liked that, um. I found that the rhyming throughout Zulu Nation Throwdown to be, like, really impressive. Especially considering, like, the, the rhyming pattern and flows and stuff that we had last week. Or, well, last year, I suppose, if we're talking about the release of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the evolution between what they had then and then what they're making at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, their their rhyming is much more impressive. Yeah. Um, I like the verse that they had where they all just introduced themselves. Yeah Like um, Yeah There's Lisa Lee One of the first And easily The most important Female MC Uh, There's MC Chubby Chubb Which I really like Chubby Chubb He's DJed for Jay Z And Nas And then there's uh, Lil Ike C Who now works For Interscope Records He's like Constantly looking For new talent Mm -hmm. And then finally There's Ice Ice Who unfortunately Passed away In 2012 Poor Ice Ice Lisa Lee though Is really good like, she's easily the highlight of the track for me. One line legitimately impressed me. Like, even if I heard it in today's music, I would be like, oh, yeah. that's nice. She said, "Um, we want to get you loose, get you ready to rock. We're going to paralyze your mind and put you in shock. We're going to make you want to yell, scream, and shout. We're going to let you know without a doubt exactly what we'd be about. That's hard, right? That's, that was really impressive. Uh, the other three had a verse each. I'll sort of put them on par with the Sugar Hill Gang. They were just rapping, and that's about it. Mostly about dancing. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of Chubby Chub though. I like his name, but that's about it. He used the whole verse to just say that he's looking for a girl, Mate. And like what Mate. he wants in a girl.
1: Mate, still that's a lot of things that are like. That is, yeah, it hasn't moment. really changed too much yeah, exactly. from
0: there. Um, yeah, their, their verses weren't really anything special to me. But to be fair, I'm saying that from 2019, like 39 exactly. years of musical years, evolution yeah. later. But yeah, Lisa Lee was easily the standout. And that to me was like the really high, high that I was talking about. Like mm-hmm. even now, those rhymes are standing up to be impressive. Yeah. And I would say higher than the average rhyme now. Yeah. So yeah, 39 years ago, that's really impressive to have.
1: Yeah. So Africa Bambatar didn't win my favour this week. But okay, next week, uh, he's back with the Jazzy Sensation. <laughs> so hopefully. What's the name
0: of the track for next week?
1: Jazzy Sensation. Oh. <laughs> 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 I thought that was how you were describing the track. <laughs> it's a Jazzy Sensation. <laughs> no, nah, that's the track. So we're going to be reviewing... Do you have them? Um, uh, you and, sent them through to me, so I'll, I'll get them up quickly. Yeah, it's... Um, Africa Ben Bata, Jazzy Sensation. It's featuring someone, though. Yeah, it is. The Jazzy Five or something like that. That does sound familiar. And then that's the joint by Funky Four Plus One. I believe the other yeah. One is. That's the
0: joint by Funky Four Plus One, and then Jazzy Sensation by Africa Bambaataa and the Jazzy Five. And the Jazzy Five, yeah. So. Which is, I would say, the counterpoint of Funky Four Plus One. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Funky Five versus the Jazzy Five, who will win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty funny. All right. So do you want to do the Discog Dive first, or do you want me to do the Rap Region first?
1: Uh, we can do the. I'll do my part first Okay um, I'll do a Discog, uh, Discog Dive So I'm doing it on Earl uh, Sweatshirt this week So yep. um, His first So he had four uh, releases So he has Earl Doris I Don't Like Shit I Don't Go Outside <laughs> And Some Rap Songs Which came out last year Yeah Right on the eve of 2019 It came out in December 2018 So um, Earl First album came out When he was just a little baby 16 years old mm. So Free Earl was basically the mantra of 2012. Um, he finally came back um, from Samoa um, and started rapping again. But before that happened in 2010, we had his debut mixtape, which was Earl. Um, and it really put him on the map. Um, yeah, when he was just 16, Tyler, the creator, released it for free on Tumblr. Um, okay. Which so at weird the time... a place to release music. At the time, it was really big, um, okay. Tumblr. so. This was the time when a lot of traffic was finally moving away from TV into, like, social media, um, and a lot of eyes were on the internet, um, which was really big for Odd Future. Like, they really sort of took over that, um, time period with Hmm. a lot of, um, releases. They did a lot of YouTube stuff, which was really big, um, for the platform, um, and just for themselves in general, um, uh, and the way that I would describe this album, it can only be described as one way. It's American Psycho meets Jackass. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> like, this is, like, an extremely I visceral uh, visceral album that puts the listener to the test, mainly on how much they can stomach. Yeah. Like, he talks about, like, um, killing people, then eating them. And then he talks about beating off and mixing a concoction of drugs and, like, trying to kill himself. Yeah. So, it's really hard to listen to and... But that's the appeal of um, Earl; he goes hard, um, and he doesn't pull any punches. Like he just yeah, sort of, and if you
0: don't like it, then yeah, you can he just doesn't fuck like off. let
1: up. Like he just sort of like, um, you don't listen to him. You don't listen to him. Yeah, um, especially on this earlier stuff. Like he definitely matures, much like a lot of the Odd Future guys. Um, yeah, but this really sort of put him on the scene, and, um, and then that's obviously when he went to went away to Samoa, um, shortly after this album, but. Um, he, he draws a lot of inspiration from MF Doom, um, yeah. Eminem, um, and he's even said before that he is the reincarnation of 1999 Eminem. Which okay. is like that really old school Eminem. Yeah. Um, I don't and, know if you've
0: seen it either. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, you're but right. But have you seen the video of him meeting MF Doom?
1: Yeah, with Tyler the creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he was so excited. Ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so after this album came out, he built up a lot of steam. Um, and then he obviously was in Odd Future, but then he mysteriously went missing, um, which eventually became apparent to fans, um, that he, um, had to go away to like a retreat, like a, like for troubled youth. Um, I've got why coming up in some facts as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, his mother was like a, was a scholar, wasn't she? A professor or something like that. And, um, she, yeah, a lawyer. She was a lawyer. lawyer. there you yeah. go. Um, and yeah, so he went away to smile. And at this time, Tyler the Creator actually called Earl the greatest rapper um, in the world, which is big props for a 16-year-old, 16, yeah. 17-year-old. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm gonna put, um, like we did last week, seven songs um, mm-hmm. to listen to, so essential Earl tracks. Yep. Um, I'm only going to pick one from this album. Um, nice and simple, it's Couch, which features Tyler the Creator as well. So then it comes to 2013 and... Um, he's back from Samoa and uh, this is where we really get into his work and sort of this album was uh, this album is called Doris by the way um, he really threw himself um, into this album and it really shows um, one thing that I noticed and I still notice to this day is how disjointed um, this album is and yeah. I think it's mainly just because Earl sort of is coming from like this from Samoa he's coming back to um, the United States and he's Sort of having all this stuff going on, he has all these ideas in his head, and he's just like spitting them out. And this album sort of feels like just like a like a splat on a like on a piece of paper. Like yeah. he's just sort of let everything out. It's like a sketchbook. Like one picture is one thing, and then the next picture is something completely different. Oh yeah. Um, it's not to the point where it's unlistenable um, at all. I actually think it re- works really well because it reflects his life and his experiences that he's going through mm. um, at the moment. But it's definitely something to be wary of going in. It's not a cohesive. Um, piece of art. Um, um, in terms of content on this album, I really think Earl came through um, with some really dense lyricism and some really um, packed um, bars, like very sample heavy, very um, very uh, upbeat. This one's um quite upbeat compared to um, his latest latest stuff. Um, um and I really like the production from Bad Bad Not Good. Um, Earl produces on this I believe Um, Pharrell is on this album Um, I think there's a bunch of moody beats But there's also a bunch of like the upbeat stuff Like the ones with Frank Ocean um, And the one with Vince Staples on here I think are really um, interesting beats And pack a lot of um, character and weight in them Um, I actually picked three songs from this album To put into my final So I got Horse which is the one with Bad, Bad, Not Good. Um, Hive, which is with Vince Staples, which I think is my favorite rap song of all time. Um, and it has my favorite verse of all time on it. Um, shout out to Vince Staples, a great rapper. The way he says, um, really works well with the line. Um, and Sunday, which features Frank Ocean. Some really great features on this album as a whole. Um... And yeah, definitely one. If you want to start with an Earl project, I would probably say this one, and then maybe progress into I don't like shit. I don't go outside, and then yeah. his newer one, because Earl, the 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 debut sort of was just like a throwaway. Like he was just sort yeah. of putting it out there. It wasn't really related to anything. And um, this stuff onwards is like really like put together music. Um, and I, I one of my favorite lines of all time in hip hop comes in the song uh by by uh earl he says so here i sit iron the pyramid god spit it like it's truth serum in that beer and then disappear again reappear bearded on top of the lid steering it into the kid's ear again that is dope that's cold i can just imagine that in earl's voice as well and it sounds so much better yeah that is that's cold so that's three from this album alright let's move on to I don't like shit I don't go outside now no prizes for guessing what this album is about (laughs) Um, which I think this is where the um, where he sort of finds himself like this is where he sort of um, sort of looks at who he is as a man Um, he's a little bit older now I think he's about 21, 22 at this point so he still is young he's only like 24 or 25 um, now I believe um, and he's got four albums under his belt But um, I believe this is where he starts his career again Like this is where he really um, Finds himself And he, this is where he opens up about his life And his um, Like sort of his quirky um, personality And his withdrawn sullen nature um, He even said in an interview That he started to sound like himself On this album again um, And he, even though he said Doris was cool and a good album Um, he doubted it upon release because it didn't sound like him and this is where he sort of finds himself and uh, that obviously comes through even from the first track Huey um, you can tell that this is like actual serious um, stuff like he's moving away from that immaturity Um, we do get some ones here and there but this is where like he really buckles down and he picks his lane as an artist um, and he does diverge again um, in his newest album Um, but you can see like the groundwork that he's laid, um, that's gonna come up later in his life. Uh, it's it's very low fire, very sad boy vibes. Obviously, you're getting that with a song called "I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside." It's <laughs> obviously very um... introverted. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just really liked it. Um, how he just sort of like I said last week with Goldlink, he doesn't live up to what's what came before him. Like. Just because he raps like this on a certain way on Earl and like this on a certain way on Doris, he doesn't care. He comes with what he wants to come with and you listen to it or you don't listen to it. He's singing, he's basically talking on some, like someone like so slowed down and like the tempo is brought all the way down to like a standstill. Um, And I think he does this just because that's how he wants to communicate it. If something needs to be communicated in like an up-tempo way, he's going to communicate it like that. Sometimes you get guys rapping about like um, their personality and like wanting to self harm and stuff, like super fast paced, where yeah. it's more suited to a much more personal, slower tone. And I think that's what Earl does really well, that sort of dreary, um, drab sort of um, vibe that he goes for. Um, and one thing that I really enjoy about this is Odd Future sort of really diverted away from what they were um, doing. I, I spoke about this on my Ego album review, which I did gave it, give it give a ten. Um, I don't know if Tyler Creator releases Flower Boy or Igor in that sense um, if it wasn't for this. Because Earl has radically moved away from um, what he's... Like the rape and and the the killing and the eating um, that he did before to now this. Does Tyler Creator go down that same route if he has Earl sort of like egging him on to continue doing the the immature stuff? So I don't know what happens, but I really... um, enjoy this progression that we see on I don't like shit, I don't go outside. So then I sort of had like a little a, a, a little analogy. So um, Earl was him coming out. That was him sort of becoming a rapper. Um, Doris was the triumphant return from the isolation. Mm-hmm. And then this was him finding himself. Yeah. Um, he didn't care about um, how his fans perceived him. He just wanted to put out an album that was him. Yeah. And I think that's what he did here really well. And I have two songs from this, so it means I only have one. Um, for my last song, Some Rap Songs, which a lot of you have probably already heard, so I'm only going to give that one once, but from this one, we've got Mantra um, and Grief, two really great albums, and Earl produced every track bar one on this, and it really shows with the mood and tone setting. Um, So Some Rap Songs, last one, I'm just going to go over this one really quick, because I did already give it a starter pack on the other show, um, and it's fairly new, so I'm not going to go over it too much, but this is my favourite project Um, I really enjoyed it I didn't actually listen I didn't actually like it the first time listening to it I even texted you and said I didn't like it yeah Um, but giving it a few listens I really did like it and it was one of my favourites last year but I only could only listen to it for about a week before we made our list so I didn't um, end up going with it in my um, in my uh, list but yeah, he's just trying to evoke emotions and going for that avant-garde, very, very, very sample heavy. He's chucking on loops yeah. that he's never done before. Um, it reminds me of Mad Lib in the early 2000s, um, sort of so like Jake Diller as well with uh, as well with Diller's Donuts. Um, he flows very differently on this thing, but you can see where he's sort of taking the groundwork for I Don't Like Shit, and he's sort of like layering it in here. He's talking about himself more. He's talking about his relationships with his family, uh, which may have never happened if um, I Don't Like Shit didn't get the, the acclaim that it did because yeah. at first he was a bit worried how it would be um, perceived. Yeah. Like he didn't care. He was going to put it out there anyway. But if that didn't go well, would we get this album? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking for evolution of an artist, which I always am, I think if you stay stagnant, you're... Uh, like, you're not going to... You're going to lose interest um, yeah. quite fast. Um, and this one, and Earl Sweatshirt, much like um, I've said before with Mac Miller, Evolution is, like, perfect for this guy. Like, it's, like, better every album and something new every album. Um, and, yeah, really great album. And my favorite of the bunch, my song for this one's going to be Cold Summers. So, my essentials list, I'm going to just name them all again. Couch, Sunday, Hive, Horse... Mantra, Grief, and Cold Summers. Right. That's a pretty solid
0: list. There you go. Well yeah, I've got some uh, I've got some facts about old mate Earl. hmm Uh his dad was a poet. Yes, and, and I
1: think um Earl is much more of a poet than a rapper actually. Uh, yeah, Especially I agree. on his later stuff. Like just because it's over a rap beat and he's sort of labelled as a rapper, I think he's much more of a poet than anything else.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do agree, um, but I know he doesn't like it when you talk about his dad or compare him to his dad.
1: Yeah, he, even, um, he did actually speak about his dad on the um, previous album, saying that um, he looks like his dad and his mum doesn't like it. Yeah. Something something along those lines.
0: Um, but yeah, his dad's name is, I may butcher this, uh, Kiara Petsay. Right. I don't know that's his dad's name, he yeah. spelt pretty crazy, and his mum's name is Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> uh, he started rapping at just eight years old, and he used to go by the name Sly Tendencies. Right,
1: there you which go. Which I think
0: is a really cool name.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, after dropping his first mixtape, Earl, he went to boarding school because his mum saw... I forget the name of the song, but the one where he's like mixing up that concoction of drugs. And yeah, that's on YouTube. Out. Yeah, with... Yeah. Um, like with Tyler Tyler And, and the whole sort of odd future yeah. gang And yeah. they start like Foaming at the mouth yeah. And doing all sorts of Creepy shit Yeah uh, His mum didn't like that
1: Yeah And his mum was like Like you said Like she was like really Like she was like a scholar She was yeah, like she was an like academic like Uptight yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah. yeah
0: So yeah She didn't like that at all And just sent him away To boarding school at Samoa Yeah For like two years So he was unable to write produce or release music For yeah. that time Um. And his mum actually banned him from seeing any of the Odd Future crew. But, yeah, so when he sort of came back, he obviously just said, like, no, fuck you, mum, this isn't a phase. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my hoodrat friends. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and then when he produces, he does so under the name Random Black Dude.
1: There you go. Yeah, he actually is a really good producer. He's produced yeah. for um, Vince Staples, Mac Miller, yeah. Schoolboy Q. He's done a lot of work. Um, He's
0: very talented.
1: Have you seen that video with him? like working and he's with Vince Staples have you seen that video no um, it's a really cool video like he's um, like he's just there and he's just he just is like oh I'm a weirdo when I come to it like I want to like produce stuff that no one's ever heard and like yeah, okay. he'll like Vince even said like he'll just sit in front of the computer for like hours like just staring at it <laughs> just like doing like different stuff and that's pretty like cool it's a really cool video it's only like 8 minutes on YouTube or something okay um, definitely have to check that out yeah but
0: Um, he likes to eat peaches. That's a random thing. (laughs) He wears size 11 shoes. Yeah. Uh, and he also has some of my favourite nicknames of all time. Chef Sweaty. (laughs) Right. And Papa Swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Papa Swamp. Sounds like a Fortnite location. (laughs) (laughs) She does. So yeah, they're all the facts I've got on him. We'll jump into the uh, the rap region. Mm-hmm. So this week I did Atlanta. So for 10 or 15 years, hip-hop was just dominated by the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like the mid-90s that Atlanta started getting some mainstream recognition. And that was from OutKast. They were yes. bringing Atlanta to the top.
1: Atlanta's got something to say. On oh, no, yep. the, South's got, yeah, the South's got something to say. Yeah, the
0: South's got something to say. And it, even up, actually, Poya is uh, today the day that we're recording it. So two days ago on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Poya has released, or sorry, announced an album called "The South Has Got Something to Say." There you go. And he's from Florida, so even now, that is being used. But we'll get into when that was first made. Um, there were artists from the South before Outkast, such as MC Shy D, Chris Cross, Raheem the Dream, and even Arrested Development. Uh, Arrested Development won two Grammys in 1993 from that track, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until Outkast came along that Atlanta had their sound. As
1: if someone doesn't have a song called Tennessee Hennessy.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Man, I'm going to look for that on YouTube right now. That's got to be a... shit. That's got to be a song. There's Tennessee Whiskey. No,
1: I think that's just like Jack Daniels, isn't it? Tennessee...
0: Hennessy, Tennessee Song by... Chris Stapleton no nope, that's still Tennessee whiskey uh, Young Lean has Hennessy and Sailor Moon
1: mate they need a um... mate
0: there's no Hennessy Tennessee for some reason Blue Ain't Your Colour by Keith Urban came up
1: <laughs> oh that's it that's what we're looking for
0: <laughs> hey, that's wild but um yeah it, w- it wasn't until Atlanta Atlanta uh, Outcast came up that Atlanta had their sound and it was pretty much a direct opposite of the gangster rap that was dominating the scene from Tupac on the west and Biggie on the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Outcast won Best New Rap Group at the Source Awards they were heavily booed. It was a cool very... Hey?
1: Don't get lost in the Source. That's <laughs> so they should have set up there.
0: Uh, it was a very New York heavy crowd. So... Yeah, obviously the South wasn't liked in the mainstream at that point, so they were booed a lot. Um, And then Andre 3K took to the mic and called everyone closed-minded and said the South has something to say. Over the next few years, more and more artists from the South started coming up. Record labels started appearing down there, uh, big ones too. There was LA Face, who was a part of Sony Music Entertainment, who we all knew were huge in the early 2000s. Uh, there was so, so Def who signed Bow Wow's, um, uh, who signed Bow Wow, whose debut album went triple platinum. Uh, other artists such as T.I., T.L.C., B.O.B. and Usher, who are still around, yep. started emerging. Uh, Usher isn't from Atlanta specifically, but he is from the south. is from the south, and he helped promote Atlanta's style in his come up. In the early 2000s, Eastside Boys and especially Lil Jon just popped off with crunk music. A very fast paced, bass heavy, party focused genre, which really was which really was Atlanta's first dip into pop culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, by Usher, Lil John and Ludacris, topped at number two on the hot one hundred. Then in the mid sort of to late two thousands, all the Gucci mains, the Soldier Boys started coming out, and as they were coming out, they were doing things that had not been done before. Like Soldier Boy intentionally giving his uh, songs online like names of other songs like 50 cents in the club yeah you download that it would just be cranked that by Soldier <laughs> boy like no one had done that That's it genius was move. yeah it was annoying as shit because I, I used to use like LimeWire as well back in like grade 6 or whatever yeah so and that happened to me a few times and it was annoying but yeah, that was just 12. revolutionary it was incredibly smart and it brought a lot of attention to Atlanta, when they were talking about that. Um, Atlanta in the early 2010s really started sprouting new talent. We now have like Two Chains, Future, Young Thug, Gunner, Migos. Like that's already a pretty good list there. Yeah. But they're all like in the same sort of genre of like mumble slash pop rap. But like, not saying it's a bad thing, but Atlanta can do more than that. They also birthed Earth Gang, CeeLo Green, Race Murd. Lil Nas X, I Love McConan, Walk a Flock of Flame, and Jid. Designer, who was even born in New York, very obviously copies a style that originated from Atlanta. While at that point of him like copying that, he hadn't even set foot in the state yet. Some of the biggest producers came out of Atlanta, such as Southside and Sunny Digital. Mm -hmm. And I think we're only just coming out of Atlanta's peak now. I think it's starting to sort of open up to everywhere. Like no matter where you come from. You can do someone else's sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's sort of, it's very uh, multicultural, I guess you could say, at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think we're only just coming out. I would say, like, the late sort of, or sort of the early 2010s was Atlanta's peak. Uh, one thing rap is most known for is slang, which yeah. is just injected into songs, usually as ad libs. Um, slang that originated in Atlanta includes some of the biggest slang that is still used right now. Uh, dab, skr, brr, cake, and I think the biggest one, trap. Trap, yep. Whether that be the genre of trap, whether that be a trap house, it was Atlanta that birthed that word. Uh, the history of ad libs come from a hype man at a hip hop concert. You know, they would just be up there on stage and repeat like the last word of the line. However, in the studio there's no hype man, so the artist does it. And it would stay that way for a while, just repeating, like, the last word or couple of words at the end of each line until rappers such as the Migos or Gucci Mane or even Rich Homie Kwon came out and started making up words or even creating slang from them. Yeah, exactly. They'd include phrases that had nothing to do with the line, like, almost as if they were their own line. But I think the biggest claim to fame that Atlanta has would be the birth of Chicago. Yeah. They're... There's no doubt that one of the biggest contributors towards Chicago's success in the mainstream is Kanye, who was born in Atlanta. Yep. So, really, with no Atlanta, there would be no Chicago. There you go. <laughs> but, no, I'm a pretty big fan of Atlanta's music. I think it's... It's a vibe. It's it's music to get amped up to. Get crunk to. Yep, exactly. It's, it's hype music, and... I think when I first came into rap, that's sort of the music I was coming off of. I was coming off of like electronic trap, dubstep, that kind of stuff. The stuff you listen to at parties. Yeah. So when I first started listening to hip-hop, I would listen to hip-hop you'd listen to at parties. So it, yeah, Atlanta was sort of my... Starting uh, point. Yeah, my starting point in listening to hip-hop. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well, that was a, a long-ass episode, our longest one yet. So, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Be sure to check out all of our socials. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, SoundCloud, and YouTube, all at GetCulturedAU. There's no caps, spaces, or punctuation, just the plain old at GetCulturedAU. Uh, Yeah, join us again in two days' time for our fun-filled Friday. But for now, we're out. Writers.